Hello, my friends. Welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It's the sixth day of May, and I'm glad that you're with me today as we are continuing our journey in the Gospel of Mark. Before we do that, let me tell you about the sermon you can expect to see tomorrow or to hear, hopefully both. If you like to watch the sermons, we make them available at our website, paulwhiteministries.com, and that's just simply linking you to our YouTube channel, which is PWM. We encourage you to become a subscriber and get the notifications of anything that we put up. We do put little video clips up every day from our sermons, but we put a new sermon up every Sunday. The one you can expect to see tomorrow is from our recent trip to Chapin, South Carolina, and it's titled, Tend Your Garden. This is a message that from from a broad sense, because there's a broad sense and a narrow sense in almost any sermon, but particularly this one. What I mean is, in the broad sense, this looks at two kingdom parables. One from the Gospel of Mark, which you and I have actually covered back in Mark 4, and another from the Gospel of Luke, from Luke 13. And they are comparing the parables of the scattered seed and the parable of the mustard seed. And by their very title, you can tell that there's two different ways to put seed into the ground. And so in a narrative and sort of broad sense, this message deals with the difference between tossing out good news or uh, scattered direction or whatever, anything sort of thrown out there, come what may, let the earth do its thing. Or in a spiritual sense, let the heart do what it will with what it hears. Versus the focused planting of a single seed in a garden, not just in a wild space, but in a garden, because a garden is a controlled environment. A garden is a place where you're putting extra time and attention in. A garden is a place where you water, you weed, and you wait. We deal with those things from a kingdom perspective, but this this sermon is a little more nuanced than that, in that it's really trying to deal with my journey, Paul White, my journey of itinerant ministry, which I see, and I, and I share this with you in this message about how I feel like the Lord gave me a vision of a garden, but I see myself as having thrown seed for several years now, scattered. But there's a lot of things we want to cover that have, can only be covered in our garden, and you, you're gonna, you can't just put any seed that's not indigenous to a garden in it. You, you've got you've to cultivate it just right. And so we are in a season of transition at this ministry of watching God open doors for us to develop our own garden, whether that's a Sunday morning church, a weekly event with the same people, that stuff's still coming together in our spirit on what that looks like. And so we're just taking our steps forward, particularly with this group in Chapin, South Carolina, to see where the Father takes that. And a lot of signs pointing to where that to to the, to the fact that that's it, that's the place, that's the people, and so we're walking this out. In the meantime, we are continuing this day to day, step by step journey, letting the Father show us how to do this. But the part of this is tending our garden. Now, in a way, Paul White Ministries, because of the way that we handle these things, the digital footprint is broad. We we have daily podcasts. We're Uh, record many videos directly for our audience. We're always thinking about the things we've said to you before. How can we build on those things? How can we take you to the next place? In a way, we have a garden called our digital online family. But that, and that's great. And that's going to continue as 
as far as I'm concerned, that continues as long as I'm alive. Because that's my call, is to tell people about Jesus. And the avenue that God has given us is this website, this podcast, these, these platforms, various platforms and ways by which we do it. Um, but I do see a time in which there's going to be a little more consistency for us in a home setting. And by home, I mean a church setting that is our family, and I think that time is turning. So pray for us in that journey. You're going to sense a bunch of that in this message. I also edited this sermon a little more than normal. Uh, Not a lot, just two or three spots where we edit. And I did it because I was speaking more directly to that room than I was the audience at large. So for, for those moments, rather than to stir or sow confusion um, about what I was saying, I wanted to say it directly to them. And so you will notice those. I like to try to be upfront about those and let you know what was happening in those moments. That I, you might not, if you listen, you won't even notice them, I don't think, or it's unlikely. Um, let's get into the text today because I do like to cover some verses. We've got a long way to go. And Mark, we're in chapter 9. We've come down the mountain of transfiguration with Jesus. As we talked about yesterday, yesterday we took some time and did the Elijah, Elisha, John, Jesus. Let me at least read for you beginning in verse 14. And when they came to the disciples, they, of course, is Peter, James, John, and Jesus. They saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked him, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. I want to stop there today. I basically just read the story try to introduce this moment to you. Peter, James, John are with Jesus, so whatever disciples are at the bottom of this mountain being confronted by the scribes are doing so without Peter, James, John, or Jesus. And so they are trying to field questions from the scribes. There's an indication in the way Jesus answers that he's not happy with what's happening. And for a long time, I read this as Jesus wasn't happy with his disciples. But the more I see Jesus um, in totality across the Gospels, the more I think Jesus is frustrated here that the scene at the bottom of the mountain of transfiguration resembles the scene at the bottom of Sinai. Moses comes down the mountain and finds a faithless Israel, a people who don't believe and they're being unfaithful. Jesus comes down the mountain and finds a group of scribes attacking his, gen- his, his disciples. I don't think Jesus is saying to his disciples, what's wrong with you guys? Why can't you do this? I think his general displeasure is against that generation at the bottom of the mountain. At the top of the mountain, we've just seen the glorified Christ. At the bottom of the mountain, we're seeing unglorified humanity. We're seeing what John 12 would call the glory from man versus the glory that comes from God. And so there's a frustration here with Jesus in this entire situation. So we're going to get into this story tomorrow and what Jesus does, including some translation issues. This is a particular, particularly important thing in the 
ninth chapter of Mark to deal with translation issues because we got some stuff that was never there in the Greek that has become part of our collective consciousness. And we've got some stuff that's been put in there that I think has changed the way we read the stories. We're going to work on that tomorrow. We'll see you then. God bless.